What's going on, everybody? Eric Lindquist at Stochastic here on the Odd Chopper channel. Coming to you with another edition. A week 15 edition. Oh, ladies, leans, likes, and locks. Hit that like button, subscribe button, notification bell. Goes a long way for me on this video. Goes a long way for you. That way you become a prize whenever great content is going live here. And our little neck in the YouTube woods. Uh, got back on track in the NFL NBA streets all week here. Well, actually, no. That's not exactly true. I didn't have anything really firing other than, well, got, got the over that I was looking for from Zamir White, not from Quentin Johnston. But anyway, Thursday was an interesting one, that's for sure. Uh, did anybody see that coming? I don't think so. But we've got Saturday football, we've got Sunday football, and I've got picks from all of it. You're right. Yeah, Monday, the only day, the only game that I don't have anything from. No Monday doubleheader here this week, thank goodness. It's going to be a weird schedule here the next couple of weeks, but we got Saturday football, Sunday football. I'm going to cover it all for you here, and I have a lock from Saturday. I have three locks on Sunday. This is perhaps my favorite betting week we've had in a long time. I have props. I have outrights. I have a mixture of everything. We also have BetMGM. I have a mixture of Odd Chopper thrown into the mix. Great stuff going on here in the Odd Chopper streets, that is for sure. But producer Jacob, we both have lots of things to get to, and plus... <laughs> With Saturday, three games, 10 games, oh, well, actually, technically 11 on Sunday now, 14 games we're going to cover here on this program. Is that correct? Oh, it's going to be wild, friends. Producer Jacob, let's get to the picks. Play number one is not really a play. It's my Minnesota Vikings take on the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincy. Open as a pick -em. moved because everybody watched the Vikings play football last Sunday. Week 14, the... Uh, well, I guess it's a good thing for our defense that the team that just gave up 63 points, that scored 63 points, we're talking two defensive touchdowns, but otherwise, 49 is an, that's a fistful of points here from an offense. The Las Vegas Raiders, 3-0 the Minnesota Vikings win. Now they're taking on Cincy, and I don't believe what we've seen here from Jake Browning by any means, but I have no idea how you assess what we're looking at from the Minnesota Vikings side, Nick Mullins going to be in starting duty here in relief of Josh Dobbs, who's actually fallen all the way down to QB3. The news from my Minnesota Vikings is they are going to make BYU standout Jaron Hall QB2. He played like a good quarter and a half there against Atlanta before Dobbs came in, won the job like instantaneously just by playing out of his mind for one day and one day only. Then just kind of methodically bought his time before just completely playing terrible in Vegas. No more starting job for him, Nick Mullins. Now, for those who aren't familiar, Nick Mullins, he is a guy that played in for the 49ers he is buddies with George Kittle, George Kittle from their Iowa days lots of like rapport Nick Mullins is actually serviceable nine for 13 there in relief duty in just like a drive and a half looked pretty good there in that Vegas drive but I don't know how you mine out anything from that and this feels very efficient for some of the question marks we have here one can Jake Browning keep doing what he's doing and two is Nick Mullins going to I mean I would say, if anything, plus 145 here. You get Justin Jefferson back into the mix. It was questionable whether or not he would be suiting up. He's still technically questionable entering into tomorrow. Because, again, I'm recording Friday evening for uh, tomorrow's game here. But I don't really have anything from this one. So, if you're listening now here for Saturday's games, congratulations. Skip ahead. We got more coming up here later. And, yeah, so if you're listening to the Saturday morning, there's no point in betting on anything here other than maybe. I looked at Ty Chandler uh, touchdown. Odds thought it was decent enough getting plus money there. No Alexander Madison. Again, I have nothing from you here. 
Let's get to the good stuff, shall we? Yeah, the good stuff. The Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the Indianapolis Colts, friends. And have you seen some of the opportunities for these Pittsburgh pieces? Yeah, we're talking about the road team here first. Jalen Warren, Najee Harris, split backfield. You're looking at basically 55-45. You can flip a coin any given week who's going to be getting the lion's share of the carries. And it's nice. Matt Canada fired as the offensive coordinator a couple of weeks ago. It hasn't resulted in much because... Losing to New England is as embarrassing as it gets. It's more, should be speaking more to Kenny Pickett and Mitchell Trubisky because these guys have not been good for the last two years, three years that they've been within this system. And it is what it is, two years for Kenny Pickett. Not enjoying the experience. But Mitchell Trubisky, he will be the quarterback here in this spot. 22 for 35. He wasn't the major problem we saw last week. He did have the rushing touchdown. He did have the passing touchdown, had the one pick. But overall, it was this defense that kind of showed a little bit of regression. And I'm not saying that they're bad because obviously Pittsburgh's defense is very, 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 very good. And they would not have the record that they have at seven and six if it weren't for this stalwart defense. But there are at least some warts here. They've fallen back to 15th in PFF grading. And the more that I look into it, the more I think that they just overcommit sometimes to the running game or to just trying to get after the quarterback. And that's going to open up some passing lanes for one Zach Moss. Now, Zach Moss, not somebody that you've heard a lot about here on this program, but in DFS circles, we've talked about him a ton over on the Stochastic YouTube channel. Why? Because Jonathan Taylor has a broken thumb. And until he returns, he ended up having uh, surgery on that whole thing and he didn't even practice this week. Until he comes back, Zach Moss is going to play 90-plus percent of the snaps, barring something crazy happening or injury. They have Trey Sermon, who was a cast-off from the 49ers once upon a time ago, who's supposed to be in backup duty. They have a guy named Tyler Goodson, who was once upon a time with the practice team on the Packers. And Xavier Scott, who I don't think I even know who that is, and I do this for a living. So I'm just throwing it out there. Not a whole lot coming down the pipeline that's going to absolve the duties of Zach Moss here, barring something crazy. So what do we do about it? Well, he's had 19 to 13 carries, both of those being road games. Tennessee, they end up kind of just covering that one. Nice 31-28, nice win there. 34-14, ended up pulling the reins back on Zach Moss there, but... He saw eight targets in kind of a neutral-ish game script in the middle of it. And then Jake Browning went completely ballistic. They ended up, yeah, it was a whole thing. But they are now at home against a Pittsburgh team that is reeling. They are slight, 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 slight favorites. I think this is just a ridiculous spot. And Odd Shopper piggybacks on this because from a market-based approach, you are looking at a, a spot where the sharp sports books are way north in terms of juice and the yardage prop that is listed for his receiving prop, we are looking at Zach Moss. And I actually spelled his name wrong on the sheet. So it's Z-A-C-K Zach Moss, uh, rather than like the Zach Morris version that my brain works with. Zach Moss is going to go way over 13 and a half receiving yards. One, we are going to see him have the entire backfield. Two, I think Pat, uh, Pittsburgh, I just talked about, it. they're going to overcorrect here in some of these spots. They have Watt and Highsmith on both, end, uh, both edges. They are going to get after the quarterback in some of these spots, but... Overcorrection there, trying to help out there in that secondary. Early Fitzpatrick, he's been struggling this year. 35th out of 91 safeties there. Now, what are you expecting from Micah Fitzpatrick? Just saying, this is going to be a spot. Friends, Zach Moss is going to come out of that backfield. He's been getting targeted at a high clip. Again, he's now had a total of 14 targets his last three weeks. 
eight last week. Obviously, they were coming from behind there in some of those spots, but this is an absolute smash. My favorite play of Saturday, bar none. And we head to the last game of the evening there on Saturday. Denver taking on Detroit here, 47 and a half total. You've got four and a half point dogs here at the Denver Broncos. And let's start on their side. Cortland Sutton has been absolutely on fire. He cashed a nice anytime touchdown ticket for us the last two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, that was great against Houston, against the Chargers on the road here. Now on the road in Detroit. And I said this earlier, and I, I'm going to stick to my guns here. I don't believe in Detroit's defense. I don't think that they can contend in the NFC. I don't think anybody's going to be able to beat San Francisco in the NFC if it's going through San Francisco of Philadelphia. You better find a win there on Monday night as they are reeling here in recent weeks. And they can still get the number one seed by running the table. And it's a whole thing. It is what it is. I don't know why. I don't know how. They can still win the NFC uh, East there as well by running the table, even though technically they shouldn't have the tiebreaker. But it is what it is. We have Denver friends. They have Cortland Sutton playing a high level. They've also got Javante Williams, who's starting to get mixed in with all of the opportunities. 18 and 17 carries in two of his last three. Love to see that kind of a workload coming off of his injury last season. He's one of those hashtag matters running backs that exists for me in the NFL. There aren't a lot of NFL running backs, I feel, that are that special, if we're going to be honest. Saquon Barkley, he is special. You've got, obviously, Aaron Jones, I think, because of his receiving volume. Very, very special. You've got Christian McCaffrey, special beyond special. You've got different layers of special. But Javante Williams, if it weren't for his injury last year, completely decimating that knee, you'd be looking at a guy that uh, he would be playing 80 90% of the snaps. They can't do that here for him. And Detroit, they're not going to do that for Jameer Gibbs on the other side either. David Montgomery, I know he's been a distant second to Jameer Gibbs in terms of carries the last three weeks, but... He was coming off injury. Actually, it's been for five weeks. You had the Chargers game where he was coming off injury. Then you had a, a negative game script beyond negative game script in Chicago last week. 67% of the snaps for Jameer Gibbs. Thought about putting something on David Montgomery here where I think he is going to be the, uh, not the bell cow necessarily, because Jameer Gibbs has still earned his ability to get up there. They have draft equity in him. Lots of reasons to possibly get him on the field, plus his receiving acumen. But... David Montgomery is a dude, and I thought about betting his anytime touchdown. Seems like the market's just really inflated on them right now. Detroit, not a lot of value to mine out of their props. Maybe I go back to Sutton, but instead I'm just looking at this total. 47 and a half sits a little bit low for me based on what I believe about Detroit's defense. Again, they are 27th in PFF grading now. I value that to a massive extent and Denver although they've been improved still sits at 23rd they're not all that in a bag of potato chips so Amon Ross St. Brown in the short yardage spots you have an ability to see Jamison Williams continue to increase his snap allotment although last week did not inspire greatness only the one target I don't know what to make of him he was outrageous at Alabama and they obviously went out of their way to go get Donovan Peoples-Jones just as a backup for a damn reason and I think we saw the reason that's that He's tough to find targets for. But we're heading back to turf. Give me Detroit putting up a ton of points. And Denver here, Russell Wilson playing some good football. Coming along for the ride. Over 47 and a half. I like it. Happy Saturday, everybody. Let's talk Odd Shopper. Friends, Odd Shopper is taking a massive slash. And as we head into the Sunday slate, as we're talking about the games, you don't necessarily need me for everything when it comes to positive EV betting. Now, if you don't know what that is, 
I guarantee you, we can teach you there over in the Discord. We have tons of videos here on the Odd Shopper YouTube channel, as well as the OS Premium tools that do the work for you. And now the Discord. Now, just have access to me, to Greg Ehrenberg, to Aton Shander, to Isaiah Swaros, to Ben Raza, all the people you know and love here at Odd Shopper. It used to be $20 a week just for that. It's now $14.95 for the weekly, $49.95 for the monthly. Just not just for the Discord, but for OS Premium Tools plus the Discord. We're talking the Positive EV Tool, which shows you the best bets on the board in every sport, not just the NFL, but the NBA, MLB when that comes back. NHL right now is rocking. Soccer, yeah, I saw some Tottenham goodness firing up here on Friday. Good stuff with the OS Premium Tools. And then you're also going to get that Discord. So it's a great deal to jump in on right now. Plus, 20% off when you use promo code LINDY. 20% off L-I-N-D-Y. That is my name. You can wear it out there. Just type it in. Get 20% off that week or month, that first week or that first month of Expert Picks, Discord, Premium Tools, all in one package. Start your week 15 off right, friends. Get all of that and more right now over at Odd Chopper. All righty, y'all. To Sunday we go. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. A lot of haters, a lot of haters there in the chat last week. I'm always watching. Now, one thing I don't enjoy is when you delete your comments. Because you know what? This video lives forever. All of my takes, all of my bets, all of the things that I do and love and enjoy, they live forever here on YouTube. And when you just, you know, user UBXZY7429424, when you delete your message of being like, you're a fucking donkey, you suck at this, and then the Jets aren't going to win on Sunday, they're playing Houston, and CJ Stroud is so good. Don't delete your comments. I want them to live forever. You should live in shame is what you should do because you're not valuing value, value, value. I should put that on a t-shirt. That's great. But the Jets plus nine and a half going up against Miami. And yes, they catched a money line play for us. Nice plus 170. If you got in early plus 165 closing, like we're just saying. It was nice to catch that ticket. Zach Wilson looked serviceable, which is the nicest thing I've said about Zach Wilson this entire season. And it wasn't him that we were going out of our way to back them for. It was completely because this defense, when you're talking about a weather spot and the weather was not good there, and when you're talking about a dinged up Nico Collins, no more Tank Dell for the season, it made all the sense in the land to be bought in on the Jets' side. Now, Miami, they have some injury news themselves. Dave uh, Devon Achan officially questionable with that toe injury entering Sunday. I think he plays Tyreek Hill with the ankle injury. Didn't practice Friday, but if there's one player in the NFL, skill position player especially, who doesn't practice all week, that you would still expect to suit up on Sunday, I think that's Tyreek Hill, who's, one, been really durable. Maybe that's because he's small and compact and fits in overhead compartments easily. But two, I think the main reason is because he's legitimately just a baller. The guy is out of control. I think this is the most like the most prone I would be to vote for a wide receiver as MVP ever. And all you need to do is watch the end of that Tennessee, that second half of the Tennessee game, to realize just how valuable Tyreek Hill is and that he deserves MVP consideration. Sometimes it's your absence. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. It should also make the voters realize Tyreek Hill fucking matters more than a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'm not saying Brock Purdy, my Iowa State brethren, deserves hate. He deserves to be shunned for it. But what I'm saying 
is that there is no doubt that Tyreek Hill is the most important skill position player besides maybe Christian McCaffrey in the entire NFL. Closed, finished, done. That ran's over with. But both of those pieces, A-Chan, the fastest player in the NFL, and Tyreek Hill, the formerly fastest player in the NFL, both on the same team, both questionable. You need to be paying attention to that news, but maybe they're limited. Maybe what we just saw against Tennessee last week isn't so much of a fluke. And obviously, those injuries have factored into this number to some extent. But I would argue that even though Tennessee goes out and wins outright as 14-point dogs last week, the closing line being that, I feel as though we want to be invested here on the Jets yet again. I like plus nine and a half. I was hoping that I would get in earlier there. I was hoping you would get in earlier too. I have 10 and a half. You should get nine and a half right now is what you should get. Nine and a half is nifty. And obviously this factors in the fact that Tyreek Hill didn't practice all week, that Devon Achan is questionable come Sunday. So we'll say as much as I like Miami, they're dinged up in some spots, some key spots. I think you want to be a little bit cautious. And not that I expect Zach Wilson to do much, but hey, just lose by nine. Sounds great. Friends. Oh, my friends. My friends, my friends. Three, three and a half. Three, three and a half. I don't care what you do here. Just bet Tennessee. We have the Houston Texans taking on the Tennessee Titans. Three or three and a half. I know that those are the prevailing numbers. 37, that's the appropriate total. But I don't want to go out of my way to say that I'm a trends guy now because I'm definitely not. But I did a show with Lofi, our, our guy, Dave Lochran here on the Odd Chopper channel last Thursday. And I also covered another lock that's coming up later in our program. But I have two plays on Sunday that are both spread locks on favorites. And those aren't my favorite things to be staring down the barrel of a 45 there's a couple of problems with that one they're generally public back teams and two you might be getting a worse number than what you could have gotten earlier in the week if you just paid attention but it's not the case here and i am very confused we have will levis coming off of an absolute heroic performance also the smartest two-point conversion that i've ever seen in nfl history inside of three minutes 14-point game. You never see people do the right thing in that spot. Coaches don't follow the analytics there. They just kick the field goal, and then it becomes seven. Going for two opened up the ability to win that game in regulation, especially on the road. It was genius. I just want to give Tennessee their due for that. But Will Levis, obviously nothing happens without him going out and completely balling in that spot against Miami. Massive dogs there against the team that we just talked about. And now... Entering is pretty decent favorites here. Obviously, minus 225 on the money line. That's not, nothing that I really want to screw around with. And, you know, I know a lot of you, you see a lock that I have on three, three and a half here, and you're like, oh, well, I'll just take it on the money line because it's more secure. No, 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 no. That's just giving worse value to something that you could otherwise just have good value with. That was redundant. I don't care. We're going to continue on, friends. Houston, no CJ Stroud going to be on the field here in this spot. And that creates Davis Mills. And if you didn't watch Davis Mills play last season, good for you. It's eye-watering stuff. But you know what? It would be one thing if Davis Mills had Nico Collins and Tank Dell and all of his friends out on the field here. But Nico Collins is not expected to play. Tank Dell is on the IR, so he's definitely not playing. And Noah Brown, he's questionable but expected to play. He could be your wide receiver one in this spot. You're going to see... Robert Woods and John Mechie and my guy, Xavier Hutchison from Iowa State University have to show up and try to play football here in this spot. 
Tennessee's defense isn't great by any means. We picked on Sean Murphy bunting, or at least we tried to, before Tyreek Hill got hurt and ruined that lock. But friends, minus three and a half is a joke. Minus three is a joke. Anything in these ballparks are a joke. I have this nearly six, six and a half. That is outrageous value when you're talking about spreads. So friends, run to your nearest sports book. Pull up your app. Do whatever you got to do to get some money on Tennessee. My favorite play of the weekend, bar none. Derrick Henry about to run over a human. And Will Levis looks decent enough here. And DeAndre Hopkins wide open against Miami and the likes of that secondary and Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard. I feel really good about Tennessee in this spot, my friends. Let's continue on. I just talked for 20 minutes about fucking Tennessee and Houston. I really have nothing for you here. Green Bay's hosting Tampa Bay. Lambeau Field, probably a fun spot to go watch a football game. My parents went earlier this year to go watch them play the Vikings. They had fun. They had fun. It's nice to see the right team win. Anywho, Aaron Jones, questionable. A.J. Dillon, questionable. We could be looking at Patrick Taylor playing tons of snaps here in the spot. That would be hilarious. <laughs> Kenyon Drake probably gets signed off the practice squad. He reverted to the practice squad after being active last week. We'll see what ends up happening with him here. And then Rashad White, one of the best uh, running back roles in the entire NFL. Looked at some of his pass catching props. Think they're actually far more efficient this week. Probably want to be shying away. Back Tampa Bay, plus 145. That might be the value spot here, but I don't really have anything for you. And I hate Green Bay as an existence. Like that's how I was born and raised. Born and raised. That's a John Mayer song. Nobody cares. Tampa Bay money line, just a lean. I have nothing for you from this one. Lots of news that will be pending here. Might be looking to short Patrick Taylor's kind of a small inky dinky guy. Maybe Kenyon Drake has to play a lot more snaps than we expected. Both of those guys are out, but AJ Dillon, he's got a broken thumb. Seems hard to carry a football with that. And Aaron Jones, he has a hamstring and a knee that need to get replaced one day. You know what time it is. Let's go. The Giants taking on the New Orleans Saints. And my God, this is a thing right now up in the Meadowlands, up in New Jersey. Chicken cutlets for everybody. Tommy DeVito season is officially here. Oh, look, he's not very good. And he's going to eventually be like a third string quarterback. And it is what it is. But it's really fun for the time being. His agent is probably going to have to wear that outfit forever. I can't remember who it was that said that. But yeah, that, that's a thing coolest agent you could possibly ever ask for although definitely looks like uh definitely looks like he's uh maybe got a nicer suit than what his client should have there for sure we'll see tommy devito let's let's get ourselves some money here i hope you get some marketing stuff in the off season i hope that new york buys into you because again you could have a pizza you could have open something you are going to make a lot of money in your life if you do this right that agent needs to have his shit together there we go that's all i wanted to say but we're going to be looking at some value here the new orleans saints open as six point favorites here and Derek carr why why does he why can't we have nice things and see Jameis winston out on the field ever Derek carr yeah they obliterated carolina but 18 for 26 119 yards passing boo not fun to watch not fun at all. He's averaging just 221 yards per game through the air. 1.7 yards per rush. Again, 23 attempts for 39 yards. He doesn't run. I mean, he's the least exciting quarterback in the NFL. Now, it's exciting to have Alvin Kamara be healthy. You do have to pay attention to Jamal Williams, who's questionable here in this spot. Did suit up last week, though. I totally expect him to suit up here. And Chris Olave, he's listed as questionable, but also expected to go. 
I think, though, if you have limitations to something, anybody here, think the Giants are an interesting back here. We talked about liking the Jets as underdogs there with the points. I don't even think I want the points in this spot when we're talking plus 200 now. This could be a wait-and-see approach. Maybe we see New Orleans money once Olave, once everybody else comes in, like, healthy. And everybody that, oh, now I feel good about my bet. I would feel a lot worse if Chris Olave weren't out there. But I think I'm happy getting 2-1 to one here on a Giants team that isn't completely dead here. You've got Saquon Barkley. Again, he falls into that category of running backs who hashtag matter. Put up 20, 20 attempts, 86 yards here last week and two touchdowns. He is useful. Useful, my friends. And Wandale Robinson, Jalen Hyatt, both of their receiving props are just a little bit too low, but I kind of like the Giants money line at 2-1 to one, a little bit better than both of those. I will throw it out there again, though. Wandale Robinson. I think his receiving prop is a close second to backing this. So if you're looking to get in on something that isn't two to one and less likely of happening, because obviously, do I think the Saints win the football game? Sure, I do. But I don't think they win it 50% of the time. I don't think they win it 40% of the time, which is why we're backing the Giants here at two to one. Fire it up, friends. Hey, Atlanta, Carolina. We've got a couple of exotic plays, and I have it. I have a very exotic like. Uh, Lock, lock, that's what I'm going for. Lock coming down the pipeline here later in terms of passing attempts, passing attempts. You follow me over on X at Eric Lindquist. You know what I'm talking about already because I've been going ballistic about it all week. I don't quite understand it. And we'll talk through the reasons for that spot specifically. But in this spot, there's something that I like from a prop perspective that I didn't necessarily expect. And this is the beauty of projections meets market-based approach. So you project out certain players, and Chuba Hubbard is somebody that I think has been really, really fun if you've had him on your fantasy team here in recent weeks. Why? Well, because he's way better than Miles Sanders. He's had 25 and 23 rushing attempts the last two weeks. You got guys that are trying to play for their jobs or trying to get new jobs. Frank Reich, he's gone. He's we'll See you later. Bye. Hit the road, Jack, or Frank, either one. But Carolina. Chuba Hubbard, somebody that they're unleashing here. They're trying to develop one Bryce Young. And Bryce Young, he's definitely been a travesty compared to C.J. Stroud. And he's going to be compared to him forever here. Nine touchdowns, nine interceptions, just 2,200 yards on the season, despite Adam Thielen, who was going ballistic earlier in the year. And now you're going up against an Atlanta secondary that's at least serviceable here. Don't think I'm looking at pass, uh, passing judgment here too much. I will say Bajan Robinson, anytime touchdown. Thought about putting that on the card here as well. But what I ended up firing up right out of the gate, and if you want to know if that ends up making quite my card, the Bajan Robinson one, sign up for the premium Discord. I'll let you know on Sunday for damn sure, and probably tomorrow, because Saturday I'm going to post a lot of plays in the premium Discord. It's going to get unloaded. But Chuba Hubbard. I like under 15 and a half rushing attempts, despite 25 and 23 the last two weeks, and here's why. One... You're looking at more passing game involvement. They should be massive dogs here in this spot. And also, Carolina, you want to start protecting some of your assets. They don't have their first round pick next year. They ended up trading that away to get Bryce Young. Yeah. Have fun, Bears. You're going to enjoy the number one pick, aren't you? Yeah, you probably are. But two, Miles Sanders is under contract. You might as well just utilize him. Get him out there utilizing carries. I know that this isn't necessarily just strictly data-driven, but... You got to start limiting the workload of the better running back that has another year here, as opposed to Miles Sanders, who's a terrible contract that nobody's going to want anyway. You might as well just utilize him in spots that. 
Mario Sanders is going to get more work here coming towards the end of the season. It's just what's going to happen. So Chuba Hubbard, as you look at Sharp Sportsbooks over on Odd Shopper, lots of spots where this is juiced heavily to the under. But then there's FanDuel sitting there, minus 110. Plus 120 at DraftKings. Plus 120 at DraftKings. That's what you want, my friends. 15 and a half rushing attempts under for Chuba Hubbard. One other under that I like here comes from Chicago and Cleveland. Three-point favorites are the Cleveland Browns at home. 38 total, another low total. Now, do we run into a spot here where this defense underperforms for a second straight week? I mean, 31-27 against Jacksonville? Yeah, Cleveland ended up winning that game, but it was Joe Flacco going completely ballistic. Him and Elijah Moore have some rapport. Amari Cooper getting into the mix. Nice to see him have some fun. 14 targets. Only seven catches there had the fumble that he lost there, too, that almost cost him the game, but fortunately didn't. And David Njoku. Eight targets, six catches, his best game of the season, bar none. Joe Flacco out there, 38 years of age. He's older than me. He's gunslinging it. Gunslinging it. Now more passing yards than Joe Montana. Joe, you said Joe Montana. I want to watch Waterboy. You can do it. You can also take the under on Joe Flacco here in this spot. Is the Bears defense good? No, the Bears defense is not good. But friends... Sometimes people end up betting these overs and you can, again, sit and wait, sit and wait, because there's no way that this number isn't going to go up because it just seems like people want to take the overs on some of these guys who just went nuts. But Chicago on the season, 300 or 231 passing yards per game, 23rd in the NFL. That's a decent number. But the outdoor elements, Joe Flacco playing really well last week and now two weeks of tape out on him and what they're running with Njoku, Moore and Cooper out on the field together. I think Chicago with the Montez Sweat is now dressing up as a Chicago Bear. They have a much better pass rush. This defense is much improved compared to what they've had over that sample size for the entire season. And as such, I think this is going to be a very competitive game. I think it's an appropriate spread. I think it's an appropriate total. And that doesn't leave a lot of meat on the bone here at two 31 and a half passing yards for Joe Flacco. I like the under. I like it. It gets thumbs up. It gets the half unit play. And we go to the next game where I have a lock of all locks. My friends, my dear, dear friends. I think we ran into my favorite play of the entire week. My favorite play of the entire year. I'm going to have a lot of money. I already have a lot of money on this play, but I might have more money on this play come Sunday. I, I am floored by this line, but Kansas City... Eight-point favorites heading into New England, 37 total, which is probably the lowest total you've seen from Kansas City since, like, 1994. Like, pre-Joe Montana coming from the 49ers to Kansas City. And here's what's going on. It's an, it's an outrageous play, if we're going to be honest. Not something that I typically sit out and project. But once it got the stamp of approval from Odd Chopper, once it showed out, as one of the best plays at the top of the board for them as well as from me from a projection standpoint i jammed it we're going to talk patrick mahomes to some extent but first new england the obvious thing last week you have Ramondre stevenson out ezekiel elliott gets 90 plus percent of the snaps 96 percent of the rushing opportunities we're talking eight targets seven catches 72 yards in the passing game to go with just the 68 yards on the ground but that is a ton of opportunity he finds the box one time there in the receiving game, a completely ballistic, ridiculous outcome for a once frowned upon Ezekiel Elliott. And I got to say, 
if you needed more evidence that there are a lot of running backs that are replaceable in the NBA, eh, I almost said the NBA because that's all I talk all the time, the NFL, that is your prime example. It is all about opportunity when you're talking about some of these numbers. And Ezekiel Elliott, he got brought in because they do not trust J. Michael Hasty. They do not trust a Kevin Harris. They trust one Ezekiel Elliott to just go out and run the ball here a ton. Now, does New England have any incentive to win these football games? No. They can't make the playoffs. 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 You can't even win a game except for against Pittsburgh last week. But Kansas City needs to drop the hammer in this spot somehow, some way. They're eight and five. They're sliding here. And obviously, Denver sitting at seven and six over there playing on Saturday is going to matter to some extent. Uh, it's going to be something that they're at least paying attention to because the AFC West. There's a, there's not as clear of a gap as what there used to be here, considering Kansas City's offense has been in shambles. But for a second straight week, Isaiah Pacheco going to be out here from the running back position. Do you know how many running back opportunities there were last week in terms of on the ground? I will tell you. 12 carries from a, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Actually, no, 11 is the answer. And four from Jarek McKinnon. 15 total carries. There we are. 15 carries in total from running backs last week. 43 passing attempts from Patrick Mahomes. 43. You're talking about a must-win game with no clear-cut breakaway speed guys like you used to have a Tyree Kill or a Travis Kelsey. If Kansas City eviscerates them in the passing game, which is still, again, this New England defense isn't exactly a nothing, it's going to come slow and methodically. You know what that means? Tons of passing attempts. And that's what you saw Buffalo do so well. We ended up cashing that money line ticket on Buffalo up against Kansas City because we felt as though they had enough in that secondary to at least slow down Kansas City unless Travis Kelsey is throwing the football across the field to Kadarius Tony on plays that don't count. So, friends, 43 of pass attempts last week. And now, the line, minus 115. Patrick Mahomes over 35 and a half passing attempts. I have him for 41 in this spot. That is an egregious, ridiculous, massive difference between my projections and the projections of these books. It's my favorite play, not of the week, but of the year. And it is a freaking passing attempt prop. 35 and a half passing attempts for Patrick Mahomes. Lock it in. Put a bow on it. Put it under the tree. And let's all count our money on Sunday. Friends, BetMGM is down in the link below. And hey, you want to get exposure to as many sports books as possible. It's why it's called Odd Shopper. We want to shop for the best lines no matter where we are. And that requires DraftKings, FanDuel, Caesars. And now, BetMGM, my friends, $1,500 in bonus bets when you sign up at the link below. In addition to two months of all those great Odd Shopper tools I talked about earlier, you get yourself $100 value. The Odd Shopper tools plus Discord access for two free months just by checking out BetMGM. It's as simple as that. There's really nothing else that I need to add. If you have BetMGM available in your state, take advantage of this and then come ask me questions. Come pester me with questions. I'm happy to take them. Have a great community there in the Discord. Would love to hear from you. Would love to talk to you. Let's get to it, my friends. Only if you're 21 and over. And if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back to the picks we go. The San Francisco 49ers taking on the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm a little bit confused. I've I've been going back and forth this entire week. This line opens at 13 and a half. It's at 12? 
We just got done jamming San Francisco there 10 and a half last week. What's the difference, Eric? What, what, what changed? Well, nothing's really changed so much. I mean, they end up getting the cover. They cover what? It was 10 and a half, 12 they end up being Seattle with, with, with Drew Locke out there. Really enjoyable football game. It was not an enjoyable. Well, it's what it's fun to watch Devo Samuel play just about every single week. That's for sure. Christian McCaffrey, I need him to be the fantasy savior for sure. Weeks 15, 16, 17 in the best ball streets in my year-long stuff. That would be fantastic. But San Francisco, I'm not sure what's going on here with this line. I like to believe that Kyler Murray with James Conner with Marquise Brown. That he's going to be a functional quarterback here going forward. And you got a questionable Marquise Brown. I think they want him out there. I can't imagine that they want to put him out there without, or that they want to put Kyler Murray out there without all of his key weapons, mainly because it gives them the opportunity to analyze him going forward. Do you have your quarterback in the future or do you not? Well, on turf, at home, against the best defense in the NFL, this is going to be a very telling spot for sure for him. I've gone back and forth on when or how or if I should be pulling the trigger here on San Francisco. I don't have a whole lot else to add here. I think you know by now that I'm I'm a pretty big San Francisco fan of this football team. Have been from since day one. I have MVP tickets on Brock Purdy, which were mainly darts, just because I thought there were opportunities for him to have skill position players bring him along for the ride. I'm worried that voters will take that into account now, and that seems to be the narrative, and it is what it is. But Debo, Red 19, best number in roulette and in the NFL. Love watching him play every single week. Christian McCaffrey, he's minus infinity to get in the end zone here. Really no value to mine out of it. I think we just lean San Francisco minus 12, and if this jumps down to 10.5 or 11 for whatever reason, you pull the trigger. If not, everything in this game looks perfectly efficient it's inflated to places where i'm thinking about taking unders on san francisco receivers and then i realized that like why would i do that why would i do that so let's get to my second favorite play here and this is one that i talked through with loffy on wednesday you might have caught that if not check out loffy's betting video every single wednesday as he breaks down every single game in the same capacity that i am i only cover every sunday game generally today we covered saturday and we'll probably cover saturday sunday here next week as well but washington taking on the rams and i am shocked floored confused why this line is not moving you got Bajan robinson who's now been officially ruled out with this hamstring injury it's gonna be a heavy dosage of antonio gibson in this backfield he will be a guy in dfs that is talked about ad nauseum more of a pass catching back more of that guy can't necessarily use him as a strict bell cow i think you have rodriguez jr come in and have to handle some kind of a workload here for this washington team just get some dead carries but i mean they just have sam howell dropping back too much they have terry mclaurin playing terrible not utilizing him nearly enough. Curtis Samuel going to be somebody that I'm probably paying attention to out of the slot. But come on, friends. Matthew Stafford has been straight out dealing, balling, shot calling, 20-inch rims on the Impala. I know I screwed up the rhyme, but it is what it is, friends. Matt Stafford, the last couple of weeks, going completely ballistic, 10 touchdown passes to just one interception. Been the best quarterback in terms of QBR the last three weeks. That's a wild stat as well. And now he's getting back into a dome where he's comfortable and he's got a healthy Puka Nakua. What a wonderful phrase. He's got this guy, Demarcus Robinson, starting to play some football next to him and could get Tuto LL back from this concussion. Although he's listed as questionable and currently not expected to suit up, but it would be a nice thing to just add to the mix. Oh, hey, and you also got this guy, Davis Allen, who got five targets and is added to the fray. 
And my favorite running back in the NFL here of recent week, Kyron Williams, who's playing 90 plus percent of snaps, great passing game involvement, great workload, everything you could be asking for and more. This is a, a spot that the Rams, if they want to be making the playoffs, which I think they're more than capable of here with the remaining schedule, you need this football game. They're six and seven, six and a half point favorites here. Not nearly enough for my money, considering Sweat and Young gone off of this defensive line for the Washington Commanders. Yeah, I said it earlier. I'll say it again. Lock button, friends. Rams, six and a half. Opened at five and a half. Didn't get in at that number, but it's been six and a half for the last three days. The fact that it's not moving has me very shocked, confused. Don't care. Bet it. Let's make some money together. To a game that I know we're all looking forward to watching here in this afternoon window on Sunday. Dallas, Buffalo, two-point favorites. Are the Buffalo Bills at home? Hey, nice to cash that ticket against Kansas City. It's not often that I go out of my way to bet against Patrick Mahomes because I've been a stan of his since he was at Texas Tech. One of the reasons I got this job was tweets about the fact that I said Patrick Mahomes would retire the greatest quarterback in NFL history if he stayed healthy and he went to a good team. And we ended up on the Chiefs with Andy Reid. That's a good situation. That's a very, very good situation. But yeah, Buffalo. You, you got to keep your priors, but you also got to be able to adjust to new information. And Buffalo is drastically undervalued, but now properly valued in my estimation in this spot. And that creates a spot where it's very difficult to mine out any type of value. I do think Dallas's defense, they're better than this 50 total, it would kind of indicate. And the Seattle game probably scares a lot of people. But the weather looks pretty good here in Buffalo. Josh Allen's pretty freaking good. Now, you got Khalil Shakir is going to have to be on the field a lot more in 12-type personnel here. That was something that I was paying attention to all week long here with Dawson Knox getting back into the mix. And then just, just I mean, you're going to have some health issues here in terms of the offensive line. But yeah, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, both of them going to be active in this spot. But still, I think 11 personnel going to be something Khalil Shakir has played himself into a little bit more of a role. Although last week, just the one target, one reception against Kansas City. Maybe they don't. Maybe they don't. Anyway, I'm having a tough time figuring out what I want to do with this game, if anything. Nothing projects well from a prop basis. And then nothing really projects well from a total basis. Nothing projects well from... Yeah, I'm looking at the under as 50. It's the thing that's at the top of my sheet. I basically group all of these by positive EV, and there's not a single play that's positive EV right now from this game for me. So we're going to need some lines to move if we're going to get anything here. But right now, under 50, my best play from the game, but it is not a play at all. And our last game of the night, if you've enjoyed the analysis here this week, hit the like button for me. Makes me feel good about myself, if nothing else. Philadelphia-Seattle, going to be an awesome Monday night game. I'm going to have an article that's out about it. That'll be fun stuff, so check that out for sure over on the Odd Chopper channel. Uh, or not the Odd Chopper channel, oddchopper.com. That's great. But Baltimore taking on the Jaguars. And I think this is a push and pull situation because I think this is a spot where... I think the books have had a tough time with both of these teams all season long. Eight and five against the spread are the Ravens, and eight and five against the spread are the Jaguars. Something's got to give. What are they doing here? And Baltimore, they're getting the notch here. Minus three and a half. Now, the Jaguars defense has been dog shit for quite some time here, no doubt about it. But I got to say, the one thing that keeps me a little bit apprehensive here is I don't buy into Isaiah Likely being an absolute must-go-to tight end the way that Mark Andrews was. And if Mark Andrews were on the field at minus three and a half, this would be a lock. There's probably no doubt about it. But 
think I'm going to be shying away from the spread, and I'm going to make this a parlay piece in a couple of plays, and here is why. Jacksonville, another week, another opportunity for a high ankle sprain, which generally means like three to five weeks. Trevor Lawrence plays through it last week, didn't look great in the pocket, has a fucked up knee, as producer Jacob would like everybody to know. But here is my major thing. Jacksonville, another week of healthier for that ankle for Trevor Lawrence, and the opportunity to at least work through some of the growing pains that they're going to have without Christian Kirk. Travis Etienne, going to be healthier here coming into this week as well. I think this is just a spot where Baltimore, I don't completely buy into what they've done offensively, backing Zay Flowers as their go-to wide receiver. Now Isaiah likely playing more of a quote-unquote Mark Andrews role. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it is one of those things where I need to be jamming this and not thinking about it with Hamilton questionable at the safety position here for the Ravens. And then obviously with Cleveland, the guard, that is really going to be a piece that I pay attention to on the Jaguar side because he hasn't been good this season, but he's generally been a pretty decent guard over the course of the last couple of years for them. I'm just trepidatious to make this a play on the spread. So I'm going to make it a parlay piece, not even something that I have on a card individually, the Baltimore money line, I've attached it currently to one specific play that we talked about earlier. The Giants money line as a major inflation piece. Again, it feels like one of those things that I could find some values to live, maybe some live betting based on how tight, uh, Trevor Lawrence looks in the pocket on the first couple possessions. But yeah, it's just a weird spot overall. I think Baltimore money line needs your attention, though. Definitely the spot that I'm not just leaning, but liking. And that does it for another edition of Lindy's Leans, Likes, and Locks. So you know what to do. Go to that comment section below. Let me know your favorite plays that exist on the board here for this lovely Saturday plus Sunday combination. If you're listening to this late on Friday night, go ahead. Saturday is all at your discretion. If you're listening to this on Saturday night, go ahead and skip the first three games or enjoy me. Make Just make fun of me if I have anything that loses. You can go ahead and make fun of me. I can take shots in the comment section. Haven't had a lot of those in the NBA streets this week been awfully quiet except for some of my prize picks cards have sucked but it is what it is friends you can't win them all but we're gonna try to win more than we lose that is for fuck sure let's go win some money producer jacob thank you so much here for uh, another great edition of this sucker and obviously we kept this uh, under 45 minutes when it's all said and done that seems pretty good 46 minutes maybe when it's all said and done anyway let's get the heck up out of here i'm eric lindquist best of luck at week 15 in the nfl streets <laughs>